0: Absolutely, you can have your avocado on toast, but maybe you should also be looking at getting a second job if you're a young first-time buyer. I had two jobs for a very long time. I don't want to hound anyone, I just want to inspire them.
1: Welcome to Building Doors. In this series, you'll develop the skills to build a roadmap for success, get inspired by those leaders who have come before you, and give you the confidence to stop waiting and start building. While a background in firefighting and finance may not make sense on paper, Nikki Burson's superpowers are normalising non-traditional roles for women, breaking down barriers and ultimately not letting fear hold her back. Today, Nikki is the owner and founder of Cherry Lending and Finance, a successful mortgage brokerage firm based in Victoria. In a male-dominated industry driven by the hustle and with only 25% of mortgage brokers being women, Nikki prefers nurturing over pushing and this unique customer service experience has proved to be a breath of fresh air. Compared to how her competitors do business, breaking down barriers when it comes to perceptions of the finance industry is one of the things that drives Nikki. While never being one to shy away from a challenge, Nikki has forged a career out of dispelling misconceptions about the things women can and cannot do. Although she's long been in control of her own finances and already has several investment properties under her belt, ultimately, Nikki is passionate about helping people, particularly women, to do the same. When Nikki is not working in her business, she is helping other entrepreneurs navigate the world of business. Thank you for being on the Building Doors podcast, Nikki. I loved your story because I know so many people that have backgrounds in one industry and want to transition. And often feel like even though there's an interest in another area or a passion they want to pursue, they feel stuck and they feel like they can't do something or can't change it. So I'm really interested in what prompted you to transition from firefighting to finance? How does one come upon this change? (laughs)
0: Um, First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this podcast. Interesting enough, I think the firefighting was probably more the obscure sort of employment sort of path. I was in finance. I did project management, things like that. And then I've never been someone to stay in a job if I didn't like it. I'm not going to sit there and complain about it. I'm going to get out of it and move on, even if it doesn't end up mean that i'm moving on to a dream job so i was in a job that i just didn't love and firefighting came up they were doing a big drive for female firefighters i think it was three percent when i got in that's all they had in there and i don't think it's much more now Mm. my husband's a police officer and so he was sort of all over the emergency service worker space so i went through the process of getting myself extremely fit and studying for the process that you had to go through to become a firefighter. And I got through each phase the first time, every time. Before I knew it, I was at the academy becoming a firefighter. Wow! Um, On the other side of that, it probably wasn't, firefighting's an amazing job and it's an amazing role for so many people. But for me, it just wasn't great. I was bored. There's a lot of sitting around waiting for things to happen. And finance has always been my passion. So it was just the right timing. My father passed away and I just said to my husband, life's too short. I'm not going to sit in a job that I just don't like to do. I'm going to start my own company. And the rest is history. It's been five years.
1: I love that. What makes you decide, and tell me more about your ethos around not staying in a job that you don't love to do. So what gives you that mindset to go, I'm not going to, because how many people stick it out? You see it all the time. People saying, I don't love my job. I'm just going to stick it out for another year or another year here, there, there. So tell me more about how do you gain that mindset?
0: I love working. I reckon I'll work to the day I die. <laughs> um, I just—I'm not someone who can sit around and do nothing. But I just found that I kept getting into jobs. Whilst they were great, like I was in roles at ANZ in their corporate division, and I had—I've had great opportunities. But as soon as I started to feel like I was working with the wrong people, or I was getting bored in my role, I thought. I'm not sticking this out. I've got to find something else. And I also knew that I was, I would give anything a go and I would give it 110%. So I I would try and find new roles, new employment, new companies, and just making sure that I was waking up every morning and going to work and really enjoying it. So it, it wasn't even a thought process for me. I think the only thing that ever came into consideration, and this would be for everyone, is money. So it is all good and well to say, I don't like my job, I'm going to leave. But if you've got mortgages or things you've got to pay for, then you've got to consider that. So there was always that careful consideration about leaving and starting a new role. But I didn't pretty much just resign and and go, OK, well, I'm going to hopefully find a job I would make sure I had a role to go into.
1: When you were looking at, I noticed that you mentioned two things there. You mentioned being bored a bit as well. So that was one of those things that it sounds like you needed that level of challenge in a role. How do you make sure you're being challenged now in running your own business? Because you don't want to get bored either when it's your own gig. So how do you keep that challenge?
0: I think for me, this is, entrepreneur for me, I find it's a hard word to speak out, but I guess I am, I'm an entrepreneur, I've started my own business and I'm doing very well at it. So being an entrepreneur and having my own business if i want to get creative i can get creative Mm. and so also if i want my business to grow you know exceptionally well over the next six months and i've got a goal then that keeps me my mind active and busy and challenged because i have to try and think of ways to grow my business there's never a dull moment never a bored moment now owning my own business especially with where it's at now like i walked in this morning and went I need to put someone else on I can't manage where my business is going so um, but I also have started another business girls just want to have fun so that business is going to allow me to use what I've learnt here in my business and educate females young girls girls going into college or university and Um, you know, might be single mums about their finances and how they can own their first home. There's going to be an event portion of it and a mentoring part of it. So, you know, that comes back to that entrepreneurship. I've got the capacity to be creative and to keep on going.
1: Yeah, I love that. So tell us more about girls just want to have fun and what drove you to do something to empower women and girls as well with their finances? Where did that come from?
0: It's a combination of things. When you start your own business, a lot of the what you need to do or they tell you to do is network, which is great. And I just found a lot of the existing networking events a little bit blah. And that's not to say that they are that. It just meant that it wasn't a good fit for me. So mm. I think I found one really good one, and it was a female-orientated one. Not that I'm saying it's all female, but – um. and then it dissolved. So I lost that networking event. So over the years, I've just realized that I want to create something in that space. But also, so a lot of the things as a mortgage broker and I hear is I'm never going to own my first my own home, whether it's a first home buyer or a female or whatever it might be. And I say, I don't agree with that. And I want to know why you think that, you know, just with little things that I've learnt or seen over the years, I've gone, there's a place for girls just want to have fun. And educating female, or not even educating, it's a lot of it's about inspiring them to say, actually, you can if you do this, this, and this. And I think with all these afterpays and all those things now, and, and your Instagrams and stuff, a lot of the reasons why people aren't achieving their goals is because they're spending money that they haven't got
1: on things they don't need. Mm. Tell me more around the common mistakes you see because in your role it sounds like you see a lot of it and it's been so prevalent it's even driven you to found networking business to help people. What are the problems you see people making? Tell us and unpack that a little bit more for us.
0: Yeah so the biggest thing is spending money on things they don't need because one of the things we have to ask as a mortgage broker to make sure is what they think they spend each month on their mud living expenses then we compare that with the information that we see in their bank statements And I would say 90% of the time, people get it really, really wrong. Some people are really shocked and other people go, oh, but I want to keep spending money that way. So the the buy now, pay later apps, I think, have been a real catch or trap Mm -hmm. in that people, they're not regulated. So people can kind of get them whenever they want and they're getting a lot of them so all of a sudden they've got all these different buy now pay later apps and they're spending money that they're not really keeping track of Mm. so there's a lot of things that i see with that and look and then i see people that are so good with their money and have saved so much and these are young people so without being rude to anyone at all it can be done don't tell me it can't be done you just need the right tools and the right information to help you get there
1: but, Nikki, do I have to give up my avocado on toast? Oh, my goodness. I need my avocado on toast. You actually don't. My brunch. You need to budget (laughs) for
0: your brunch, that's all. (laughs) That is. I can't believe that's still sort of around, but I think what's happening is is that people are buying their Prada clutches instead of their avocado (laughs) (laughs) on toast. And these young people who are walking around with things that – I bought when I was in my late 40s because it was at a point in my life where I was established and I was saved for it. I didn't go and put it on some app um, and have to pay it off. So absolutely you can have your avocado on toast, but maybe you should also be looking at getting a second job if you're a young first home buyer. I had two jobs for a very long time. So I don't want to hound anyone. I just want to inspire them.
1: Yeah. I love that it's about thinking about how you spend your money and I'm interested that people seem to not be aware of that um, Mm. when they're doing it because I think a big trap as well is if you want to create a new opportunity, whether that be as an entrepreneur or changing companies, money is a big factor. And I see so many people sort of saying, I need to stay in this job because I need this money to sustain my lifestyle. But if you are working in a job that is burning you out and you're miserable every day, is that a lifestyle? Correct. You know, and it's choices. And I find it really interesting, this networking group, because it will make people, I guess, maybe have a group that they can be accountable to and talk to about those choices too
0: and be inspired by others that,
1: you know, are buying their first home at a young age and things like that as well.
0: Yeah, it can cross over. I want it to really cross over. Plus I also want to get out there and let I'm in another industry that's highly dominated by males. And I actually don't think a lot of people know what a mortgage broker does or the industry that I'm in. It's a fantastic industry to be in. And if you want to work really, really hard, which I do, I've been working seven days a week probably now for, the, for at least four years, mm. it, it'll ease off. But that's my choice. It's my business. It's my choice. It can be an amazing career and you can earn really good money. So you just have to work out what you want to do, what what your goals are in life and how you want to achieve them.
1: And when you created this business, because you talked about taking, you enjoy it, you work seven days, happy to work hard, tell me about what impact you are hoping to have on the industry. So it's what, 25% female. What do you see around some of the behaviors and what did you hope to change through starting your own business?
0: Do you know, interesting, I didn't start it for that reason. I was just talking to someone before actually, and she said, I've been dealing with a mortgage broker. He hasn't got back to me for the last three weeks. He doesn't communicate with me. I'm not generalising and I'm not saying that's all males but I do get that feedback a little bit more. One of the things with Cherry Lending and Finance that I am so particular on is customer service. It's the one that's the priority over everything else. Mm. So, no update is an update. Make sure you keep your clients in the loop. So, mm. for me, back to the question around the male-dominated industry, i what did I want to change? I think I just wanted to let, because I used to work in a bank and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to let people know that we're approachable, that we can educate you and we can help you achieve your goals. And I think that's lost a lot in this industry or in banking and finance. It's very overwhelming for people, finance. And I think they more often than not, especially younger people, just feel intimidated. So they don't know where to go or who to talk to.
1: Mm. I'm glad you mentioned that as well. I think so often we look at things and say it's a male dominated industry. are the male behaviours that are happening, but it's not just, it's just the industry that it has been over time. And those have been the behaviours, as a criticism I've had sometimes, it's just mortgage brokers not listening. So jumping to solution without listening to your personal needs, whether that be your first property or your subsequent investment properties. But yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think no news is news. People want to Correct. know if you've heard nothing. Correct. <laughs> I know that too. In recruitment, if we've heard nothing, people still yeah. want to know because they're sitting on the other end of the phone, not having any context whatsoever with what you're hearing as well. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's important to them. You know, It's, it's something that's so big, though it's important, especially when someone's purchasing a property, they really need to know.
1: What are the biggest financial risks you've taken as well? Are you a financial risk taker sometimes, Nikki? Or- yeah, I'm yeah. a big risk taker. Ooh, I, tell uh, us. I, don't- <laughs> <laughs> I um,
0: My whole life is. I, maybe that's why I change jobs because for me, you've got one chance at this life and my risk. Taking now is more calculated. My husband and I just turned into our 50s, so we're not taking those big risks anymore. There's been times when we've bought property probably in the wrong area and we didn't maybe think it through enough or we didn't get the right information or we didn't seek to get the right information. So a lot of the risks actually then become your learning curve. Mm. So, And all this information that I've accumulated over the years from those risks has been then something that I can pass on to my clients for things for them to consider and all that kind of thing the biggest risk I took was trying to become a firefighter I'm little I'm a little I'm not tall I'm not big I ended up having muscles where you shouldn't have muscles and and the course was really hard and it wasn't I didn't enjoy it but I wasn't giving up but on the other side of that it made me a a different person again and it was an amazing experience so
1: yeah yeah I do like that you talk about taking a risk leading to a learning as well when it doesn't work out because I think a lot of people take live in fear of taking risks or making change without realising with that comes growth, whether it goes as you planned or not and then sometimes when it doesn't go how you plan, especially in a business, yeah. you're learning all the time. You're yeah. trying something, oh, that didn't work, didn't land the way I'd hoped, let's change that and be agile and, and keep moving forward. So it's good that you've got that mindset. How do you think that navigating, founding your own business and being five years in now helps you assist other entrepreneurs? What are some of the learnings of that whole journey that now led you to going, okay, I'm going to have this other networking group and this is what I want to do? What are some of those key lessons that you've learned?
0: Starting a business is hard and it depends on what type of business you're going in and how successful you want to be and what lifestyle you want. But I think if anyone thinks they're going to start a business and be even slightly successful and get to have lunches every day or whatever it might be with their girlfriends or their significant partners or whatever it might be, I don't think I've ever done that once (laughs) because it's hardcore. And whenever I had downtime, I utilized that to write a blog or whatever it might be because Mm -hmm. in the very early stages, I didn't have a lot of traction and I had to get that happening. So I think that's really one of my key things for people with regards to starting a business. Don't think that it's easy and don't think that you're going to be going out for lunches. In saying that, It is the most amazing, rewarding thing when my husband always says to me, God, are you proud of what you're doing? And I say, I don't actually think about it. I just think about the next challenge and the next accomplishment that I want to achieve. But then when he kind of says it to me, it does plant a bit of a seed. And I think I bought my first office, my own office the other day. I've just moved in. So pretty good. I've got a boardroom table coming and I'm going to start doing meetings in there and girls just want to have fun. We'll start to expand. So I think if I start to think about that, from the five years and all of that hard work that I did and I'm still doing, then it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, from a financial point of view, I, from what I see as a mortgage broker, I worry for small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them don't pay their own super and things like that. They kind of start business and there's a lot of stuff that falls by the wayside. Um, and I think they're some of the things that from a from a educational piece I want to pass on through girls, just want to have fun. I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not going to give them advice, but I can certainly plant the seed to tell them things they should be thinking of when they're starting their own company.
1: Yeah. I do like that your um, husband mentioned celebrating the milestones. It's actually really hard in your own business to celebrate success. I don't know what it is because it's almost like you're, you're scared, I don't know what it is, but you're kind of ready for the next thing to be thrown at you or the next challenge. But my team always says to me it's good to celebrate the milestones.
0: Absolutely. And we just went to Brisbane recently, which I missed you, unfortunately. But oh, um, no. so we now have said I need to be taken away for a long weekend. Uh, we, I think we said three times a year because otherwise I won't do it. I'll just keep working. Mm. So if I do that, then we can go out to dinner. We can raise our glasses and then I can actually stop and celebrate. When I'm working on or in my business, I just don't think. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, celebrating milestones is absolutely important
1: yeah it's interesting when we were scheduled to meet in Brisbane I had a really close family member pass away unexpectedly and that's why we could no longer attend and I do want to talk a little bit about one of the things you mentioned was your father passing away and how that made you really realize that life is short tell me more about how that has impacted you and how you navigate business and life
0: So, yeah, that was, I mean, that was awful. And since then, I've had some close friends pass away and they were young. And so for me, it's a no brainer. It's all systems go, I'm not stopping. I'm going to do the things that I really want to do in life. You know, I don't want to get to the end and go, oh, I've just sat in someone's office for the last 20 years. I haven't enjoyed my job. Yeah, so with dad passing, I just knew that that was the right time. And financially, it wasn't great for my husband and I, Mm. but I was determined to make it. Right, and so within the first two years, we, I was fine and, and good to go. And even now, we've got a plan in place to retire my husband by the time he's 60, if not earlier. So that's a goal now that I have, and my business will support both of us. So, love that. Um, yeah, so because I love working, he doesn't, <laughs> um, and he's quite happy to stay at home with the dog and have dinner on the table for me, and that's perfectly fine by me. So. I don't know. I think I, I'm not like a lot of people. I Don't tell me I can't do something because I'll go and prove you wrong a hundred times over. If, and, yeah, so life is short. I mean, it's got to be calculated, though. Don't get me wrong. This is a hard gig and mm. there's a lot of sleepless nights. I've had, certainly had a lot of sleepless nights and that kind of comes with this type of role. If you've yeah. got a settlement coming up and things haven't worked out the way that you'd hoped,
1: oh, yeah.
0: it can be really, really stressful
1: we bought our dream home, which we're in now, but we had delays to settlement yeah. and just delays that were, it's so stressful because then the, the buyer's going, oh, you know, there's two delays we might pull out and you're going, oh, yeah. I don't have a house. You know, the stakes are very high when yeah. it's, um, you know, people's property. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How do you cope with the stress side? So how do you manage your own mindset and mental well being?
0: Yeah, I go to the gym. (laughs) That's (laughs) my that's my outlet. I love a spin class. There's times where I let that lapse, and then I get back there, and I think, oh, it's just so good for you. So, Mm. and it's amazing. You can go in there feeling a little bit negative or stressed, and then you walk out, and you can solve the world's problems. So, that's probably the main thing for me. Sleep is just really important for me. I go to bed actually quite early. I go to bed and read, Mm -hmm. um, but I can also get up at three thirty and start work and power through it so yeah probably sleep and then I just say to my husband I need to go out let's go. I don't have children or anything like that so my release is more through Mark mm. um, or through friends and things like that so yeah
1: sleep is so important you mm. know but I think people just underestimate it until you don't have it
0: <laughs> well my friends know that not to call me after 7 because they won't get a hold of me I'll be in bed so <laughs> <laughs> yeah they also know if there's a text message coming through at 5 a.m that it's going to be from me so yeah
1: <laughs> So one of the things you talked about, and the podcast is all about building doors and creating opportunities, but I think we should also talk about how to get people to build their own literal doors, build houses, or, you know, go and build property. Mm. Tell us three things that you would tell someone or advice that you would give to someone wanting to purchase their first home. What are three things they should be thinking about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is save. Just save as much money as you possibly can. As a first home buyer, this is specific too. There are still a lot of government incentives, but the more money you've got aside, the more likely you are to be able to buy your first home and the more money that you've got, the lower the loan will ultimately be get rid of expenses that you don't need to be spending on. I think it's really easy for us these days to spend money on stuff that we don't need. We've got things like Uber Eats and Ubers and AfterPays. So I'd actually assess all of those and where you can completely cut back on them, even if it's just during the period that you're working towards buying your first home. Mm. Um, And that's probably the third piece is Getting in contact with a mortgage broker that understands all the different policies and what's available to them because quite often they might be just talking to their mum or their dad or someone that doesn't really understand what's available to them. I have quite often people will ring me and think that they're so much further away from getting into their first home and by the time we work through all the detail within a couple of months they've bought something Mm. because Mm. there's stuff that they didn't understand or didn't know about.
1: What about for investment properties? Because we recently purchased our first investment property and want to do more. But I do believe that sometimes there's not a lot of knowledge out of there for the investing side either, and a lot of mixed information. What advice would you give to somebody that's maybe got a property and wanting to invest in the future?
0: Yeah, again, so you know, I think um, mortgage brokers, like accountants and all that kind of stuff, they might no more than the mortgage broker down the road. So there could be a mortgage broker like myself that has investment property, so really understands best way of doing things, you know, releasing equity in a property, but what does that look like? And good debt versus bad debt, all that mm. kind of stuff. Your income, your rental income, what it looks like, uh, most lenders will shave um, rental income. So if you're earning, let's say it's $500 a week rental, it doesn't mean we can use all of that $500 a week. And then are you going to be buying an investment property down the track? Are you going Mm. to be selling your own occupied property, which you've just released equity in? Mm -hmm. There, There is so much to consider. And the more knowledgeable the broker, the better your chances of having a good investment portfolio going forward
1: yeah okay, that's awesome. thank you. How important or can you speak to the importance of financial literacy literacy, particularly for women and how your other side of the business girls just want to have fun, how it's going to help people take control of their finances? What are some of the things that are going to be involved in that program?
0: Yeah, it's still early on, but the younger children they could they could be ten to twelve or whatever it might be, if having them and their parent in the room. To understand if you're buying a, because they just think that there's all these things that are available to them. So if they're buying a handbag, for instance, what's the cost if you put it on Afterpay versus saving for it versus putting it on a credit card? So kind of teaching them in a fun way that it sort of educates them that if they go and start buying all these things on credit, well, actually it's going to cost them a lot more. Mm. Um, I've got a lot of women coming out of marriages. Now, I had a lot of that at post-COVID, um, but yeah. it's still actually happening. So, And they think that they can't do this on their own, but actually yeah. they can. So, again, it's more about the inspiration or the educational side of peace than it is the financial side of peace. So, with everything that I've done through my life, especially on the financial side of things, I have educated myself. I've really asked my accountant why he's telling me something. Mm. So, that would be what I would like to tell these women, these young women, Mm. um, that it's really about getting someone that's prepared to sit down with you and tell you what you need to do and how we go about it and don't assume um, certain things.
1: Yeah. I like the idea of opening up those conversations with children around credit. I don't Mm. think, I think we talk about banking and getting them to save money, but we don't really often talk to our children about what does credit mean? You know, especially teens, um, you know, what does it mean to have a credit cut? Okay, so if you buy this bag now at this percentage of interest rate, how much have you actually paid for the bag? Correct. Um, None of this comes for free, but because it's so readily available as well, that instant gratification temptation in society that social media even more encourages, right? Anything you need there at the click of the button has that effect where people think that they can get these things that they don't really need, these expensive things they don't really need and pay a lot more for them in the long run.
0: Yeah, correct. I mean, but back to your avocado on toast (laughs) analogy. I don't have it that
1: much. No, but you
0: can have stuff. It's just about saving for things and having your different bank accounts that will support that and setting yourself
1: up for life later on. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a Gucci or Prada bag though. So at the end of the day, probably because I've eaten too much avocado toast. (laughs) So if I calculated how much avocado toast I've eaten over my brunching life, I probably could have afforded one of those bags. You've still got to have fun and whatever, (laughs) whatever your
0: fun happens to be, then you've got to do it, but you've just got to do it and understand what it means from the bottom dollar.
1: There was this great book that I read called Die With Zero and it talks about actually mm. how you manage your money and over the course of your life. And the author talks about the fact that a lot of the time we save for retirement and we're always saying when we retire that we'll have all this money in this windfall to enjoy our retirement. I'm like you, I like working. So mm. I would like to still even semi-work as I'm moving towards retirement. And the book talks about the fact that you should enjoy the experiences of your life while you are young enough to do them too. So he talks about prioritizing because obviously his prioritization in spending is experiences and and life and enjoying your life. And that book had a huge impact on Mm. me for finances. I thought, what an interesting concept to be able to look at things instead of going, okay, I'm going to save it all for later. And I think saving is important too for your goals but also having enough there to enjoy and experience your life while your body is well enough and you're young enough to enjoy them too. Absolutely.
0: I 100% agree with that. There's a, mm. just a, it's just a balance and it, and it can be done.
1: Yeah, and you can have your avocado on toast. You can. You heard it from Nikki here first. You can. But you have to everything within moderation. Yeah. And you might not be able to get your Gucci bag as quick if you know No, probably won't. W- <laughs> okay? So <laughs> yeah. it's choices, choices. Correct. Can you share with us, Nikki, a success story from your career? Because I'm sure you've dealt with so many people where you've been able to make a significant impact in someone's financial journey, something that you're really proud of.
0: Uh, yeah, I think more recently it's been these single mums who have called sort of, and you can tell in their voice, they're just beside themselves and they just think mm. that they're not going to be able to, it's literally like they're saying, look, I'm sorry to waste your time and I, you know, I know you probably can't help me, but um, I've just separated from my husband, I've got two young children and I don't know where to live. I reckon I had about five of those at the end of last year. Yeah, it was really, I don't know, just strange or maybe not strange. It was COVID, I think. And all of them have since bought a house. So, and I just had another one on the phone before. So there's a lot of things that they, one, they're not considering as income that I can potentially use or how I can look at it. But I think it was more of the conversations that I had with them to encourage them and then to sort of help them plan and achieve their goals. Like for me, that's just so lovely. I usually cry when I ring, you know, I've got, I'm all choked up when I ring them to say your loan's un- unconditional and you've bought a second home, you know, a home for your children. So that for me is really, th- this is one of the biggest fantastic parts of this job is ringing someone to say, guess what? You've just bought a home, your first home, your family home, whatever it might be. So a lot of what my business does is that. Uh, so yeah. I'm
1: glad I'm not the only one that cries. I'm, no. I'm <laughs> known to have a little, cry, like a little secret cry if somebody's got their dream job or calls me and said it changed their life. Like I had one guy placed him as a project manager. He never saw his kids like he was working a lot and I placed him and he told me, he called me afterwards and he says, I, I, I see my kids every day now. I have more yeah. time with them and they said that they love having more time with me. It's those little things that that's what makes work worthwhile, right? You know? Yeah, it's
0: not transactional for me. For me Neither it's either. all my clients are pretty like special even if it's a refinance um, but mostly the the purchases the ones that really make my heart sing so um, and it, there's nothing better. Yeah.
1: And I love that you talk about single mothers because I think sometimes as well, being a mum of two kids myself, I can just imagine it's a mental thing also of going, I'm responsible for these two kids now. How on earth can I be responsible for a mortgage on my own too? I'm sure it's like just this, this, almost this burden or this weight mm. um, that they would feel rather than actually going and having someone like you work through the numbers and everything with them and go, actually, you can do it. Yeah. Um, what an amazing, empowering feeling for them to see that they can provide a home for their children. You know, yeah, it's a
0: big family. deal. It's a big mm. deal. And I, at what, especially with the recent interest rate rises, I was sending out budget spreadsheets to people and say, look, just use this and put your mortgage in there, tap on a percent so that at least you're sort of prepared... Um, So, you know, as I said, it's not transactional. It it goes on. People have got these mortgages and um, they've got children to support, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, so...
1: With the current social and economic climate, we know there's interest rates are rising and we've got inflation. Have you noticed a shift in people's attitudes toward finances and financial planning? Have you noticed a change with these fixed interest rates lifting and interest rates increasing?
0: It's interesting. When COVID hit, and I I, not long started my business, actually, I thought, oh, well, everything's going to come to a screaming halt. I'll just have to sort of get my way through it got really busy because it ended up being something quite different than what we Mm. thought. And even on the other side now with all these interest rate rises, I thought, oh, okay, here we go, same again, we're going to probably slow down or it's just going to be refinances. But actually I'm so busy. There are people that absolutely are... Complaining is not the right word because it's gone from 2% to almost 6%. That's a a very big jump. Mm. Um, But most people have been pretty good, actually. Um, As I said, with anyone that's coming off off a fixed rate, we sent out a budget spreadsheet and put in their new potential mortgage repayments so they were prepared for it. Mm. Um, Actually, people just have to change their spending habits. During COVID, a lot of money was thrown at us and we weren't doing things that we normally did going out for dinner or whatever it might be going on holidays. So we were spending money on things that we didn't necessarily need, big TVs and things mm-hmm. like that. We had surplus funds. So it's just shifting where you're putting your money now and it's, and going back to the way we probably were used to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually surprised and pleasantly surprised. There's people, I've made four or five calls this morning for new referrals. So great. Right. Yeah, so there's still the mindset that we can do this and we've got the money and we've got to live somewhere at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's the great Australian dream though. People are always going to want to buy their own home. Correct. Uh, you know, that that's something that people talk about. I wanted to ask you, have you heard of the FIRE movement, Financial Independence Retire Early? No. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. I was going to see your views on it because it's all around living more frugally and um, oh. it's it's been documented in the media. I follow it because I'm fascinated by it, but basically it's people talking about being able to retire early yeah. and what the steps are and it, with any income living within their means to be able to do so. So yeah. I was curious if you'd heard about i have to have it. a look
0: at that. No, I, have I haven't have actually heard of that one, but I'll have a look. I'll look that up.
1: So what advice would you now give to aspiring entrepreneurs wanting to start a business? What steps should they take?
0: It's interesting. I was going to start another business called It's a Jungle Out There. Um, okay. I had the name and everything registered because when you first start your business, there are so many things to consider. Your IT, your mm. marketing, your this, your that. And it's like it's a jungle out there. Where do <laughs> I start? Mm. Um, and I work with Lisa Burke. She's my marketing manager. But um, didn't get that one off the ground because I had to focus on cherry lending and girls just want to have fun. But I think... You could spend a lot of money on marketing very early on. I don't think that's the right thing. I think you need to get out to those networking groups and and create a bit of your own close network and and just start to um, organically get business underway. In saying that marketing is important, I was really specific with my logo in the beginning. So Cherry Lending and Finance, there was a couple of reasons I did that. Cherry, I wanted it to be something, one word that you would remember, And secondly, in this very noisy market with big banks, I wanted to sort of make it a little bit fun and approachable. Mm -hmm. Um, So probably your branding is quite important to consider and where you're going to put it. And your business structure. I think a lot of people sort of just go in, they use their everyday bank account that they're using for their food and shopping. Try and separate those out. And there's a couple Mm -hmm. of reasons for those. If you want to borrow funds later on, we need to see them separated. It'll make it easier for your accountant and it'll cost you less when you're starting to go through mm-hmm. stuff at the end of the financial year. And remember to pay yourself super if you can. I know that probably very early on when you're starting a business, you're not getting a lot of income. But don't forget, we kind of rely on super later mm. on in life for retirement. And again, I'm not giving financial advice, but I see it all too often in older people who own their companies and they have no super and they have no investment properties. And I think, what are you retiring on?
1: Jeez, yeah.
0: So there's a lot to consider. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But um, they're probably the three things very quickly at the top of my mind that um, I think of.
1: And Nikki, with all the work that you've done and the work that you do in your own business and now founding Girls Just Want to Have Fun, what's the legacy you hope to leave in the world?
0: I want to make sure that people understand that things you can achieve your goals, especially with with regards to financial and owning your first home. I'm really passionate about this. I I just don't think that we're not going to afford our own homes. You just have to understand how to get there. I just wanted to be really inspiring in that space and just to make sure that young people, girls and boys, understand that there is still a possibility for you to own your own home and it's about education and I'd like to be able to pass that on some way, somehow.
1: Yeah, I love that. Look, uh, I've really loved a lot of the insights you've shared and I think it's really important for people to take stock and consider that as the interest rates are increasing and inflation is high, it's really important for people to realise it is still possible and there are still ways to go about it, just having the right team around you to help you to achieve where you want to get to as well. We're going to go through the rocket round mm-hmm. and that's where I want to ask you a few fun questions okay. uh, just to learn a little bit more about Nicky. Yeah. So your favourite, I know you read, so favourite book? I do read. Um, I've just started The Happiest Man on Earth.
0: So I haven't really got too far into that yet, but I think that'll be a fascinating
1: read. Yeah, what's it about that one?
0: Um, that's about a man who went through the Holocaust and the camps, um, yep. and and on the other side of that, just didn't want to focus on what had been such a terrible experience. I haven't actually read it yet, but that's the under the gist of it, and just made the most of life.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Um, and I've been to those camps, and they're hideous. It's very they're they're intense, um, and and for him to have walked out of that and had that mindset and just lived on and. Claim to be the happiest man on earth. I can't wait to read it.
1: Is that similar to *Man's Search for Meaning*? Because that's another book that I've read that's similar.
0: It could well be. It could well be. Yeah, yeah. There's a few of them, I think, out there. But um, Eddie Jacku, I think his name is okay. this one. Yeah, so
1: add that to the list. And your favourite holiday destination? New York, hundred percent. New York, New York awesome. yeah, yeah. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Poor (laughs) cats. Will anybody, Gill and I shaking our heads, will anyone ever love the cats? Look, there are a couple of people that have loved cats as well. Uh, Coffee or wine? Wine. I don't drink coffee. Wine. Yeah. No, a few people don't Mm. drink coffee. I've drank two already today. Oh, no. I don't like the taste of it, the aftertaste. Um, I drink a lot of tea, but it's still wine. Coffee does have an aftertaste. Do agree with you on that one. Yeah. And white Christmas or summer Christmas? Summer.
0: Yeah, I think I'll stick with summer, although I'd love to do a white Christmas. I haven't done one yet. So,
1: yeah. And the podcast that you're listening to right now?
0: Um, I've been a little bit too busy, but I have to say I do like listening to Mark Boris. I do like his lineup, but also he does, because he's got Yellow Brick Road, he does the financial update. So I like to listen in on that. Yeah. I to that one. That's one. Yeah.
1: And what makes you feel like you're home? My husband and my dog.
0: (laughs) Nice. We just love being home. Yeah, we just did a major renovation and it's lovely to be home just hanging out on the weekend.
1: Awesome. Look, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I do think that there's so much information that you've shared from a financial point of view. It's good to have somebody come on that does have, I think, a different view because you see essentially people spending through a microscope. So in addition to that, you've also run your own business. So you see... The traps people can fall into, mm. both from a business perspective and also an individual perspective too. What are ways we can support you? So, if someone wants to learn more about your business, or girls just want to have fun, what are ways that people can follow and support you, Nikki?
0: Um, well, I'm on most socials: Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I've also got the website for Cherry. Oh no, I've got it for girls just want to have fun too. So, girls just want to have fun is still quite new, but there will be events and things to, to look out for. But um, Cherry Learning and Finance is a good website. There's a lot of educational stuff on there and I'm about to do some stuff in the self-employed space so uh, that's another space that's quite hard for lending Um, Mm. but again it's about education.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate your time. And I know that many people are going to get so much value out of what you've shared today. And if you've helped just one person build a door and create an opportunity to build their own home or get their first investment property, then I think that that's a win.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Nikki. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Building Doors. If you've got comments or questions, send them to hello at buildingdoors.com.au. And remember to subscribe, rate and review. See you next time.